Good morning. Greetings to each one in Jesus' name. This Lord's Day morning, <clears throat> blessing to see you all. Lovely spring morning. First, fourth in life. <clears throat> it's always refreshing. Also, thank you, Melvin, for the devotional. I appreciated that. Um, I think all of us probably at some point in life have wrestled with some measure of impatience with someone in our lives, and I think God has a good purpose in those things to teach us. <clears throat> Today you can, uh, you can again turn to the book of 1 John. Maybe we could, uh, if you're able, stand with me and we'll uh, start with prayer. <clears throat> Father, we, we come in Jesus' name, thankful again today for this lovely morning. Thankful today, Father, for your grace, mercy, and peace that is new to us today. Thank you. Thank you for each one gathered here. Ask a blessing. On each one, Father, that something could be given here that would be beneficial. We all come from our various uh, journeys in life, various places of experience and responsibility and opportunity. And Lord, you're at work in all of our hearts. And so today, again, we... We just ask that your spirit would move and work among us and in us and that uh, there could be tidbits of truth that uh, are fitting to each one of our lives. Line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little, there a little. Lord, we realize that is, that is how we learn, that is how we grow, that is how we change as we uh, understand the need of change and we respond appropriately, many times that change comes in, in increments. And we thank you. Thank you, Lord, that you are uh, in the salvaging business, salvaging our lives from the various ways in which we have uh, messed it up, 
then you come along and desire to bring us back on course, and we thank you for that. Ask again today that uh, you would open up again this, uh, this scripture to us here in 1 John. The Apostle John, who was inspired by your spirit, has given us much to consider. And uh, ask again that that same spirit that inspired the Apostle would inspire our hearts today and give us the understanding that you desire and that you see is needful for us. So bless again this assembly and also, Lord, if there is are those who would have had a, a desire to be with us and were not able, we ask a blessing on them as well, that uh, they would also be blessed with uh, your grace and blessing of peace and mercy. And Father, again, just commit this hour to you. May your kingdom come, may your will be done in earth even as it is in heaven, for we ask in Christ's name. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> All right. So the book of First John, uh, some of you probably weren't here when I last, the last message that I shared, and I won't give a lot of background on it, but uh, started in the book of First John. We are today going to pick up in verse 5. Um, the previous verses, of course, the Apostle John was an old man by this time, had walked, uh, walked out the Christian life for quite a number of years, had uh, been a shepherd in the church for quite a number of years, was nearing the end of his life, and... Uh, was giving, or did, did give some very precise and clear teaching on a number of issues in this book to clear the mud. Uh, there were diverse teachings already uh, about in the, his day, uh, and some of them not... Uh, not true, not, uh, not the pure gospel, and John uh, had the burden in his old age to clear the mud and uh, get things uh, out in the, defined in such a way that it's simple and easy to understand, and that is a blessing. The book of 1 John is, a, is actually a, quite a quite a valuable book to the, to the New Testament church and will be throughout. Uh, it, it just, it, it clears, uh, clears uh, things up on a lot of issues. All right, I think we will just go right on into... Uh, Today's message, beginning there in verse 5, John continues, this then, this then is the message which we heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. 
But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. My little children, these things write I unto you, that ye sin not. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And he is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. And we'll stop there. Should be able to cover those verses somewhat here this morning. <clears throat> so, uh, John begins in this portion. He says, uh, this is the message that we heard of him, the message we heard of Jesus from Jesus, as we were his disciples, and that, uh, that we declare to you, that God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. We're going to uh, just focus on that a bit. Um, what does that mean? God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. I think in the natural sense, we know the difference between light and darkness. Currently, it's light. Uh, after some hours, it'll be dark. It'll be darkness in the spiritual sense, uh, in the scriptures, and we may look at a few verses, but uh, darkness is, uh, represents uh, wickedness and evil and sin, while light represents uh, truth openness, uh, holiness, righteousness. Darkness uh, tends to uh, refl uh, reflect uh, hiding, being hidden uh, in secret, uh, and all the things that kind of go with sin, um, while light tends to uh, speak of openness and, and uh uh, yeah, being uh, out in the open. Light stands for God's realm of truth, righteousness, purity, joy, and so forth. Um, so light versus darkness. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Uh, Psalm 104 Psalm writer says this, Who coverest thyself with light as with a garment. Um, in that particular situation, the, the, the psalm writer uh, speaks of God as one who covers himself with light, while John actually says God is light. He doesn't just cover himself with light. He doesn't just surround himself with light, he is light. He is the source of light. <clears throat> I 
In uh, 1 Timothy, and I'm going to read this verse in the ESV, 1 Timothy 6.16, who alone has, has immortality, who dwells in, unapproachable, in unapproachable light, whom no one has ever seen or can see. To him be honor and eternal dominion. Amen. So speaking of God who dwells in unpro unapproachable light. You know, as far as a man living, maybe um, oh, maybe we would have to think about it. There were several people that uh, saw a good measure of the light of the countenance of God. Moses saw quite a bit. Uh, the... Uh, the three apostles, uh, when they were with Jesus in the Mount of Transfiguration, there was a there was a brightness there that caused them to fall on their faces. Uh, so there's been, and yet it's it's described as unapproachable, uh, no, from our perspective as a human being in in flesh and blood, from this side of eternity, it's unapproachable. <clears throat> So God is light. If we turn to Ephesians, Ephesians 5, This chapter, Ephesians 5 here, a section of this chapter, uh, actually uh, kind of defines light and darkness quite well um, in a spiritual sense. Maybe I'll just begin reading in verse, in verse 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath loved us and hath given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. There we have a clear definition of light. Uh, and then we go on and we start to see also a, a darkness defined. But fornication and all uncleanness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as becometh saints. Neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. For this ye know, that no, no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man, who is an idolater, hath any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words, for because of these things cometh the wrath of God upon the children of disobedience. Be not ye therefore partakers with them, for ye were sometimes darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord, walk as children of light." For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness and righteousness and truth, proving what is acceptable unto the Lord. But have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. For it is a shame even to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, 
for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. Wherefore, he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. And I think I'll stop there. <clears throat> but these verses contrast, uh, you see the contrast uh, a number of times in here. Um, says in verse 8, You were sometime darkness, but now are ye light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Uh, talks about verse 12, It is a shame to speak of those things which are done of them in secret. Again, speaking of darkness and the works of darkness. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whatsoever doth make manifest is light. And so... Uh, there we have the contrast again. Uh, that which it, may, it makes manifest is light. So, uh, when, when we think about uh, light and darkness, uh, in 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 the in the sense that we see it here in the scripture, uh, and we think about God, God is not corrupted by any. Darkness, just like the Apostle John says there in in First John, uh, God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. Um, you know, that is a that is one solid foundation for us to settle our faith upon, in a God who is light, who is truth who is uh, righteous, who is just, who is uh, pure, who is holy, who is, who is uh, just everything that you can describe, every word that you can describe uh, uh, truth with, light with, that is God. And every word that you can describe darkness with and evil and... Uh, and the implications of it, and the and the uh, results of the darkness, and uh, the broken lives that are a result of the darkness, and all those things uh, that cause those broken lives, and that cause uh, uh, are uh, those things are not a part of God's character of who God is. Um, Yes, he, he relates to us there and, and, and uh, meets us there and helps us out of that uh, dark uh, mess, but he is not touched in the least in his character and who he is by uh, sin and darkness. And, uh, and uh, it's tremendous uh, devastation on the human race. Um, so we have a we have a uh, a solid foundation. God is light, and in Him is no darkness at all. <clears throat> now, in the next verse, in verse six, he says this: If we say we have fellowship with Him, with God, and walk in darkness. We lie and do not the truth, and that—that uh, that is one of—that uh, is one of John's precise statements that clears a lot of mud in Christian experience. Uh, 
we we know there's a there's a multitude of uh, people who would claim to have fellowship with God, to be in a right relationship with God, to walk with God, but their lives reflect a great, great, great deal of darkness and sin. And John just simply comes out real simple and clear if that is the case. You're deceived. You're believing something that is not true. And we will talk about that a little bit more um, as we move along. So, John uh, here is dealing with a false security. You know, we can actually have a false security uh, in, in life. Uh, and sometimes, uh, unfortunately, uh, you could actually go to and visit a multitude of churches in, in our world today and talk to their pastors, and they would give you security in a multitude of sins. You know, that seems hard to believe, but it is true, and we know that. We know that. We know there are, uh, there are multitudes of churches and uh, multitudes of messages being uh, preached that, that uh, speak only of God's love for the sinner and believe in Jesus, and, and uh, just a shallow faith that is nothing but a, a little uh, something of a, an experience in someone's history that they hang their whole life upon and never consider what the rest of their life's experience is, and never consider whether it in any way... Uh, matches with this with the scriptures with the word of god and with christ's uh, purpose for for his people and so it it ends up being a false security for for many um, let's turn to matthew matthew 7 uh, jesus has some things to say there In Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says these words, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. So Jesus doesn't leave us there without a, an answer to the dilemma. Uh, he describes a dilemma, but he doesn't leave us without the answer. Uh, he goes on then says, Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? Have we not cast out devils and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then will I profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. For whatever reason, uh, whatever the implications were, this is describing a group of people who had a false security. They had a security. They, they had enough of God to believe that they were secure for their eternal future. But unfortunately, they didn't know the reality of living a life um, 
under the lordship of Jesus Christ, I guess would be the, the way to say it. Uh, unfortunately, they, they had a profession of, of faith. They were doing some things that were uh, related to kingdom, but they seemed to be missing a very uh, major element. And if we were to take it from... Uh, from verse 21, but uh, he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And that's the, uh, that's the part of, that's the sobering part that needs to stay in the forefront of our hearts as we go through life, uh, is that question, are we walking in the will of God? Are we as we study the scriptures and we understand what the word of God says, are we endeavoring to embrace it in all areas of life and to walk with God in that way? Lest we also be hanging on to a false security. <clears throat> if we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. And we already looked at Ephesians 5, which described darkness Quite a bit, and then we. Uh, I'd like to also uh, just go to uh, Galatians uh, five as well, and think about uh, just thinking about that false security and and uh, and how John says, if we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So Galatians five. Beginning in verse 19, it says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now this is Paul writing to the Galatians, and he's actually saying the same thing that John said, but in very different words. Um, and he's uh, basically when John says that... Uh, if we walk in darkness, we are walking in one or some of these sins that are listed here as works of the flesh. Uh, and the, 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 the list is not, you, you have this list here in Galatians 5, and uh, it, gives us, it gives us a whole array of possibilities. I wouldn't call it an exhaustive list because there's, you know, the flesh and it's, it's works that list could probably be added to, but uh, that's basically what John is saying as well, is that if you walk in darkness, if you are walking in these things, and you believe that you have fellowship with God, there's a problem, is what John's saying there in, uh, in verse uh, 6. If these things are being uh, consistently uh, a part of your experience, then there's a problem. And you know, I don't know about you, 
but I would rather be told the problem ahead of time than after the fact. In other words, I, li I like to know that there's a problem while I still have opportunity to correct it than to wait until it, I'm past the point of being able to correct the problem. And so uh, John, John gives us a, a, good, uh, a good word, really. I think I'll wait a little bit uh, to a little further in the message, but we will talk. We'll, we'll talk a little bit. We'll get a little clearer about, uh, you know, sometimes verses like that can actually uh, uh, a young believer and they're struggling with this or that in their lives, and it can almost take away their assurance. It can almost make them wonder if it's worth trying and. and and I do want to talk about that a little bit, but initially here, uh, we just want to settle it in, and, and I know that I'm not telling you things that are new, but it's good to be reminded about it. If we are just simply, there is a, there's sin in our lives, and it's just a repeated process, and it's happening again and again and again, uh, it, it's... If 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 we're there, if that's where we're at, we we need to we need to come to grips with it and recognize there's a problem. <laughs> Everything is not okay uh, in our experience as we as we look at these verses and think about these uh, things. Walk if we're walking habitually, practicing sin. <clears throat> John's not being mean to us when he says that. He's giving us the truth so that we can do something about it, so that we can respond. And uh, like Jesus said, know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We want to know the truth. We should want to know the truth. And when we know the truth and understand it and respond to it, we can find freedom that is intended to be ours. Then he continues in verse 7, and, he's, and uh, there he speaks about a true security. Uh, verse 6 was a false security. Verse 7 is a true security. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So we have kind of three different, uh, that verse kind of is broken down into three different uh, phrases. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, is one. And then we have, we have fellowship one with another. And that, I believe, is, uh, it could be speaking of our fellowship with God, but I also believe it refers, John is also referring to our fellowship with each other. And then we have that of the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleansing us from all sin. So, uh, a true security. So, if we walk in the light, if we go back to Galatians again, so we read the works of the flesh, which uh, are of the darkness, and then we go back, and then we see in that same chapter, uh, maybe I'll pick up and just read verse 16 first of all, and then jump down to verse 22. Verse 16, uh, he says this, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So uh, 
if ye walk in the light, walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. If you walk in the light, you won't be walking in darkness. If you walk in the spirit, you won't be walking in the flesh. Um, and then going down to verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit. So if you're walking in the spirit, if you're walking in the light, these are some of the things that should be evident in your uh, life. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. There's no restraint. You can, you can uh, exercise all you want in those things. And they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. <clears throat> so a true security. <clears throat> when we walk in the Spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit will be evident in our, in our lives, and that is a security to us. So when we see those fruits and we see the uh, reality, uh, it can be... It can be an, a, a, an encouragement. It can be a security and uh, to our hearts. John 15, verse 10, Jesus says this, If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my Father's commandments, and abide in his love. So when we, when we walk in the light... Uh, Jesus defines it this way. He says, if you keep my commandments, and that uh, brings us, kind of brings my mind back to his words there in Matthew 7. Um, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, but they that do the will of my Father which is in heaven. If you keep my commandments, if you do the will of my Father, uh, that's walking in the light. And Colossians 3 gives us kind of an overview of, uh, of walking in the light. Colossians 3 verse 1 begins like this, If ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. Set your affection on things above, not on things of the earth. For ye are dead, and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall ye also appear with him in glory. So uh, there, again, that's, that's basically telling us how to walk in the light. Uh, setting our affections on things above. Setting our hearts on the things eternal. And not making the things... Uh, of this world, the visible, the tangible, not making that our heart's focus and, and love and, and life goal, but setting our heart on things above. In fact, then uh, think about it. As we look at this chapter in light, in the light, in the, from the perspective of walking in the light, go, goes on there, Mortify therefore your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concubiscence, covetousness, which is idolatry, for which things sake the wrath of God cometh on the children of disobedience. Uh, again, thinking about walking in the light. Walking in the light, as he is in the light, means that we're going to 
mortify. We're going to put to death. We're going to deal with the things of our flesh that want to gain predominance in our experience. We're going to deal with them. We're going to reckon with them. We're going to uh, club them over the head, so to speak, to kill them. Uh, we're going to deal harshly with our flesh is basically what it's uh, calling us to do. In the which ye also walked sometime when ye lived in them, basically saying well, before you knew the Lord, uh, before you were risen with Christ, you lived in those things. But now ye also put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy communication out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing ye have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. And I think we'll stop there. Um, yeah, we could actually. Uh, uh, verse 12, put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Uh, and whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Uh, kind of hard to know where to even stop, because it keeps talking about walking in the light. keeps talking about ways... Uh, that what walking in the light looks like uh, in our life's journey and experience. And, uh, and as we do that, as we walk in the light, as we uh, res uh, set our affections on things above, as we mortify the deeds of our body, as we deal with the things in our lives that are... Uh, of, the, of darkness, of flesh, of sin, and we embrace the journey of light and walking in the light, we do have a true security uh, as, uh, as a people of God. Uh, we can have a true security that we are His and that uh, it is well with our souls. Like he says here, we, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Uh, and I, I believe it can mean, like I said, both uh, us with God and us with our fellow man, with other believers who are also walking in the light. Um, there is fellowship, right? You know, you, you've met people that you haven't known and you uh, discovered they were a Christian and you... You talk to them a bit and you, you felt a kinship. It's fellowship because you believe in the same Lord. You might not uh, perhaps even agree on all the points of doctrine uh, per se, but there's, you, 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 you sense that fellowship that you're both trusting in the Lord Jesus and, and endeavoring to walk with Him. And uh, that's, uh, that's a blessing. We have fellowship uh, with each other and with others who are also walking in the light, walking with God. Uh, Jesus is the one that uh, brings together people from 
all different cultures or races and, and brings them into a place of fellowship together. Um, so when we walk in the light, when we're walking with, when we're uh, in Christ and we're walking in the light, we can have a true security in our hearts uh, and we can have fellowship with each other. And then we'd like to turn our attention to the latter part of that verse. He says, in the blood of Jesus Christ, his son cleanses us from all sin. Cleansing from sin. You know, uh, why do we have to talk about that? Aren't we walking in the light? Aren't we walking in the spirit? If we're walking in the light and we're walking in the spirit, aren't we above sin? Why do we have to talk about sin and cleansing from sin if we're believers in Jesus? Well, John actually has some things to say here about sin that, uh, you know, we talked about, we talked about, um, If we say that in verse 6, if we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But then he goes down here in verse 8 and he says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. So how do these scriptures all come together? On one hand, he's telling us that we uh, were not to be living in sin at all. And then he says, if we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. Well, I think, it'll, I think it comes together. I'm thankful for these verses because I think we all at times need them. So the next number of verses deal with, with sin and uh, in, in our lives and not, yeah, in our lives, in our lives as, as believers um, so if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another and the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Uh, so let's think about it. Um, we're all on a pathway. Hopefully, by now, hopefully we're all uh, convinced or satisfied or at peace that we are on a pathway, that the pathway we are walking on is a, we are walking in the light. I, I'm going to hope and trust that for each of us. So if we are on that pathway of walking in the light, and then he says, uh, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. I think we all know that uh, the truth of the matter is, we, there's, there's nothing like eradication of the sin nature, is there? There's nothing like um, 
being, becoming, becoming, uh, there's, while we're in this body of flesh, there's nothing like becoming, uh, uh, trying to look for the right words, but coming to a place where we are, where, where sin is out, uh, where we're out of the radar of sin. Uh, the possibility of sin in our lives. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. In other words, if we say, basically, let me put this in my own words. If we say that we are above sin, then we do not understand our human heart correctly. Let's say it that way. I think that says it well. If we say that we are above sin, and you know there's actually beliefs out there that do say that. And uh, I'm not sure how much I want to say there. But they actually believe in a work of grace where you get so sanctified that you're now above sin. And that, that's actually a, a belief that is in error, uh, according to the scriptures. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Think about it. Uh, and just, just, just think about uh, your own life, and I, I, I know that uh, we all, if we're honest with ourselves, we know that, uh, you know, it's not hard to find ourselves in a situation where we think uncharitable thoughts of someone else. It's not hard to find ourselves there, right, Melvin? Somebody doesn't move fast enough. It's not hard to think uncharitable thoughts. And sometimes those uncharitable thoughts might even become uncharitable actions and uncharitable attitudes. Um, those are realities that we face as human beings. Though we have the Spirit of Christ in us and we are walking with Christ and we are walking in the light and life uh, unfolds before us day by day and moment by moment. And uh, as we grow in the grace of God and uh, learn to mat and mature in our faith, the, 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 the trust is and the reality should be that those, uh, that uh, those, uncharitable thoughts, those uncharitable attitudes, those uncharitable actions should become less and less a reality in our experience. We should be working on mortifying those things. But reality is, it can, it, it, uh, it's, it's, it's very much a potential in our, in our uh, experience. And it's basically the whole, uh, the whole, uh, conflict of walking in the spirit versus walking in the flesh. Responding in the spirit versus responding in the flesh. And that's where the, the whole battle lies. And so, 
as long as we're living in, in, a, in, in flesh and blood, we're going to have to contend with that. But, like he says here, if we walk in the light, so we are on uh, the journey with God, we are walking in the light, we are responding to uh, the word of God as it speaks to us, as we understand what it's saying to us, we are responding to it, we are responding in obedience, and as we are doing that, we actually have the assurance that when we do sin, when we do have that attitude, uh, when we do say that word that was unkind and uncharitable, we actually have forgiveness for that uh, because we are walking in the light. Our journey is a journey with God. We are responding to God. We are responding to the word of God. Uh, God is, uh, uh, is our master. He's our Lord. And when those things come up in our journey, we have forgiveness uh, for those uh, sins that might uh, uh, be a part, uh, might uh, surface in our hearts and in our lives. <clears throat> like it says in verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. I'll read verse 10 right away. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. And I think that is probably referring to, uh, there's several scriptures that speak of there's none righteous, there's no not one, there's none that seek him. And those things are true. And if, if we say that we are the exception, <laughs> we are, I am the different one, well, I'm making God a liar because God uh, realizes. So, anyway, coming back to uh, uh, if we say, verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Um, there used to be the saying, and I haven't heard it in a while, but First John 1, 9 it. You know, uh, there's actually people that go through life and uh, at the end of the day, they, get, they, they actually confess uh, their sin that they committed that day, 1 John 1, 9 it, confessing it for forgiveness, knowing and expecting that the next day they're going to do it again. That's not what 1 John 1, 9 is talking about. 1 John 1, 9 is talking about someone who is walking in the light, who is striving to uh, mortify the deeds of the body, who is... Uh, endeavoring to set their affection on things above, who is on a course with God, and when they sin, and something comes up in their experience, they can confess that sin to God, and they are, they're forgiven. But the, I, the, the, uh, the, uh, the misuse of that scripture is when someone just believes that, well, sin is just a part of my life, it's the way it is. At the end of the day, I get on my knees and I tell God I'm sorry for the sins I committed. And they know that the next day, they'll go right through the whole pattern again. And the next day again. And the next day again. And so on. That's abusing First John 1 John 1.9. That's not what it's intended for. Uh, but, for those, for, it is there for us. We need it. Right? We need it. And what an encouragement it is when you need that. 
when you do realize that you have sinned, you have failed, you've, uh, you've, you've, uh, you've missed the mark, thank God there's something to do with it. Thank God there's a solution in the book. God has given you the answer. And don't, uh, don't uh, um, be uh, timid in coming to God with it. Uh, because God has these scriptures here for us. Now, the, the, uh, the other scenario that we find in this scripture, in these verses that we've read, uh, if we say, verse 8, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. In verse 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us. You know, the first thing in confessing our sins is the first, uh, may I say, own our sin. To first of all, admit that, yes, this is sin. Our brother talked about that in the devotional. When he finally came to the place and, and owned it, until he owned it as sin, he was not going to get victory. He was not going to get the cleansing. He was not going to get the uh, empowerment to overcome it. But once we own it, we come to grips with it. We realize it. This is, in fact, sin. And at that point is where God can step in and begin to help us. But until, as long as we deny it, as long as we uh, say it's not there, or we just excuse it away as a, a bad habit, a habit or uh, a weakness in our personality or whatever, uh, for whatever hook we hang it on, uh, we, won't, we won't progress. We won't get anywhere. But once we own it, and that's what these scriptures are, uh, are telling us. <coughs> if we confess it, if we own it, if we... Uh, to, uh, deal with it for what it is. We can. He is faithful. God is faithful, and just to forgive us. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. All right. I'm going to move on now to verse uh, chapter two. The first two verses. They kind of all uh, fit into this uh, flow of context. And kind of wrap it up with that. Uh, My little children, these things write I unto you that ye sin not. And that is, the, that is the objective, in other words, of the Christian. Our goal is to not sin. That, is, that must always be our objective. Um, and, in, and from that standpoint, we don't... Uh, make excuse for our sin when when our objective is to not sin uh, so that's the objective and that's what he gives us here my little children these things write unto you that you sin not but if any man sin and if any man sin we have an advocate with the father Jesus Christ the righteous he is the propitiation for our sins and not for ours only but also for the sins of the whole world and we've kind of touched it uh, already in the previous uh, verses, but it, it kind of, he sums it, maybe kind of uh, sums it up again. Uh, if any man sin, uh, our objective is not to sin. We do not make an excuse for sin. We do not uh, give allowance for sin in our lives. We should not. Uh, in fact, like we said, if we're, if it's, if, if we're, if there's a, a continual, just ongoing, uh, and it, 
it's just there, and it's just there, and it's just there, and we just get no victory, we get no gain, no ground. Uh, we should be, we need to be concerned about that. But uh, the, the objective is that we sin not. If any man sin, we have an advocate. We have someone to represent us. And that someone is Jesus. And you know, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. He, he does not, uh, he represents us, but he does not represent us on our merits. He represents us on his own personal, his merits. And that is actually the only way we can be represented uh, before the Father. Um, and the reason he represents us is because we have made him our Lord. We have put our faith in him. We have put our trust in him. And when there is a, a, uh, a sidestep, a sin in our lives that we commit, we can come to God and Jesus represents us based on his righteousness. And therefore, we can have forgiveness. So he is our propitiation. His blood is on the mercy seat in the heavenlies. And his blood is sufficient for the sins of all humanity. As it says it here, his, he is a propitiation for our sins and not ours only, but also for the sins of the whole world. His blood was shed for the sins of all mankind. And yet uh, few make it, uh, few uh, believe in it, trust in it, make it their own uh, personal redemption. You know, as we think about um, light and darkness, uh, walking in light versus walking in darkness, we think about walking in the flesh or walking in the spirit. Uh, you know, to have the freedom in your heart to walk in the light is actually a blessing. You know, there's many a soul that are bound by darkness and don't either don't don't desire to have that freedom or struggle to get that freedom but it's only because of Jesus that we can actually have that freedom to walk in the light because of what Jesus has done in our hearts in delivering us from the power of darkness and translating us into the kingdom of his dear son and that is a that is a a blessing to have that freedom, to have that kind of uh, freedom in our very own hearts, that our hearts are turned toward God and we are walking in the light. And to have fellowship with others who are walking in the light is also a blessing. And to have assurance of sins forgiving is a blessing. And that's all part of the reality of walking with the God of light. Walking in the light. Walking with the God of light. So this morning, I, uh, I hope that we can be encouraged by the words of the Apostle John. 
and that uh, his clear, unapologetic uh, uh, admonitions can encourage us. Uh, there's these uh, these uh, various points throughout this book are intended basically intended for two things. Number one, they're intended to bring assurance to the heart of the true believer. They're intended to do that. God, uh, God does desire that those who are walking with him in truth would actually have a confident, a confident assurance in him. God does desire that. But then they're also intended to bring conviction to the person who is not living in the reality of what God intends for us. And that's, it. that's what uh, uh, some of the purposes that John has in, in spelling these things out so clearly to us, that uh, if we are somewhere off in, in uh, some wayside journey, that we would recognize that and get back in the path of light, and if we are on the path of light, that it would bring a, a reassurance, a confidence, a, a blessing to our journey. So God bless all of you. Uh, if you're able, let's kneel together and we'll close with prayer. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, we come in Jesus' name again close of this message just want to thank you Lord thank you again for preserving the scriptures for us that we can have them in our hearts and in our hands and can receive instruction that are there for us thank you again ask a blessing on each one and pray that uh, that there could have been some practical uh, blessing spiritual blessing for each of us Father, thank you also again today for the freedom we have to gather, the freedom we have to preach the word, the freedom we have to embrace the truths of the word and uh, apply them to everyday living. Thank you for that, Lord. We pray today for those in governments that uh, they would continue to recognize you as a sovereign God who rules over all in some measure, Lord and that uh, they would grant us the freedom to exercise our faith. Lord, we also think of those in Tanzania as they have a uh, transition and uh, their uh, president passed away. Lord, we pray that you would bless the country and the, those in Tanzania with a peaceful uh, transition, Lord, and uh, that uh, your will would continue to be worked out in their lives, in their country, in their, uh, their part of the world as you, as you see fit. So Father, again, we just want to thank you for, your, for the many blessings that uh, we do enjoy and are recipients of and recognize that it's all from you and your goodness and grace uh, toward us that we are able to enjoy these freedoms, these uh, opportunities. Lord, again, bless us now as we uh, 
continue each of us in our personal journey and walk with you. We thank you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.